It's Monday the 2nd of November 2020. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined this week by the Rove broadcast journalist Anna Lilia Thoristotir and by Thorolvu Gvudnason, the chief epidemiologist. Uh, Thorolvu, thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm going to jump straight in with the big news um, from the weekend. Well, one of the stories, actually, um, and that is about school children. Um, What is your take on the teacher's position that perhaps children in years one to four should not be exempt from these from these rules? Well, I think uh, uh, we have always had some some uh, different opinions on how to uh, manage and how to treat uh, children uh, uh, during this uh, epidemic. So this is not a surprise, but I think uh, what we're trying to do now, we're trying to sort of uh, uh, hit the middle ground between uh, uh, infection control measures and then keeping the schools going. Uh, but I hope hopefully uh, they, they will manage to sort of uh, uh, find out exactly the best way of how to, uh, how to do, do this. Mm. I mean, it, it is interesting though, because obviously these are kids, they're all in the same school together, literally. And, and, and the difference between a, I don't know what the ages are. A nine-year-old and a ten-year-old, for example, is 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 little. So where where are you drawing the line, and why has that been done? Do you know? Well, what 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 I did was I suggested that we would have no uh, uh, no uh, uh, constrictions on uh, uh, on children in daycare centres, so they would be exempt from 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 the measurement but the 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 the, uh, uh, the school themselves they wanted to have some some limitations uh, uh, on the number of kids uh, together uh, and that was extended to the uh, lower classes in the elementary schools uh, but we figured that you know if we cannot uh, apply the the uh, uh, the number uh, restrictions on children in the in the upper classes in in elementary schools and if they could not sort of uh, comply with the um, with the, uh, the social distancing measures then then uh, then uh, a face mask would be indicated mm. okay and um, obviously the the other main story from this weekend I guess is that there were three fatalities from covid-19 and we're up to 16 now um do you have any more details on that sad news no not really this is, these are elderly people uh, who were uh, uh hospitalized uh, somewhere uh, admitted from from outside the hospital but uh, it was cl- quite clear to us that when we uh, had this uh you know this virus come into the uh, to to these uh, more vulnerable groups that we would probably have some more deaths, and that's going to be the case now. Mm. Why? Why do you think it is that we're finding it more difficult to control it now than we did in the spring? Given all the extra knowledge and experience that we as a society have, um, why is it going on so much longer now? Well, I think uh, the, there are probably several reasons for that. I think the, you know, what happened in uh, last winter when this virus hit Iceland. We had the virus come in, uh, you know, almost all of the cases at the same time. 
with the tourist Icelandic people coming from the skiing areas and the Alps. They, almost all of them came at the same time in the same planes. So we were able to quarantine uh, all of these people that came into the country. And so we were uh, uh, much quicker to contain uh, the epidemic at that, at that time. Uh, and maybe it's possible that people also were more compliant with our instructions at that time. Now, on the other hand, we have had this virus sort of lingering in the society. And, and we know that we have been dealing with since, since June, we have mainly been dealing with two clones of the virus. Uh, and we, uh, we don't know how the, the, the first clone that started in the summer, how that clone came into the country. But uh, the second clone, we know exactly when that clone came into the country with a, with a tourist that did not comply completely with, with our instructions. And we have been dealing with the, uh, with the spread of the virus since then. And it's quite clear that the virus has been spreading sort of under the radar for, for, for quite some time. And all of a sudden it pops up. And, and I think therefore it's much more difficult to, to contain the virus because it's more widespread. Uh, it's been causing uh, uh, sort of mild, mildly symptomatic disease and even asymptomatic disease. So this is much more difficult now. And plus, you know, it's there might be some indications that the virus now it might be more contagious than the the clone that was spreading around last uh, last uh, winter. I mean, it's not certain, but there are some indications that that might be the case. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that it's sort of been bubbling away under the surface. Um, do you think that will continue now, or is this peak a, a genuine peak in that regard? And it. And it... Yeah, it, well, it's hard to say exactly. I mean, we have been doing some screening in the society uh, in, in companies and, and places where we, where we don't have any uh, diseases. Uh, and uh, we have not been finding so much. Uh, we have been fine when we do screening around cases. Um, we, we find some um, uh, sick people. But uh, I mean, uh, most of these clusters that we've been dealing with now are associated with some social gatherings and family gatherings and so forth. So that has been our main message to try to prevent this. But it's hard to say exactly what happens. And, and as we saw in the hospital, the, the, the cluster in the, in, in the hospital, that this can be widespread and, and, and can be uh, spread very rapidly to, to different uh, individuals both within the institutions and outside the institution so I, I hope we will sort of uh, contain this but uh, uh, we, you can never be sure actually mm -hmm. do you have any predictions for after the 17th of the uh, 17th of November because I know before these latest hard restrictions came in you were a little bit either way or it could it could go either way we may need to make it harder or we may not to um is your mind a little bit more settled now for what comes a few weeks down the line well, on tuesday the 17th november 7th is pretty far away as, as far as i'm concerned uh so I, i'm not exactly sure i think i think if we manage now to to really press down the epidemic do some more few cases actually and then we can uh, relax on on our restrictions uh, on the 17th of uh, no, november but the main message from us has been that 
we should do easing on the restrictions. We should do it slowly. Mm. We should, uh, but we have some exit plan actually at this point, and hopefully, we can stick to the plan. Hopefully, we can relax uh, some of the measures we're undertaking um, uh, on on the, on the seventh of of no- November. That's my hope. In the longer term, um, are we going to see a, a nice quiet period like we had in the summer when life goes almost back to normal? Or is that not going to happen until a, a vaccine comes now? Well, I, I sort of, uh, I'm not at- anticipating that we will see, we will have a very quiet uh, period, actually. I think we, I think we, uh, my plan, uh, well, my, my, what I hope, actually, is that we will be able to suppress the epidemic curve to sort of acceptable levels, so that the healthcare system would, will not be uh, overloaded too much. Uh, and at that time, same time, we can hopefully relax some of the measures. But we will probably have some some restrictions ongoing uh, until we get the vaccine. I would think. Or, and if we don't get the vaccine, if we don't have a good and a reliable uh, uh, vaccine, then we will, will of course have to extend those measures. But uh, uh, but at the same time, we need to be prepared for having some clusters pop up. But hopefully we will not, not have the same, uh, uh, such a big wave like we've had now for, for the past few weeks. I just want to talk to you briefly about scepticism. Um, the recent poll shows that trust in, in yourself and Alma and Vidir is remarkably high still, which is good. Um, but what we're seeing now, we're seeing a wave of um, conspiracy theories coming up anytime we put anything on social media um, that wasn't there in the spring. Do you have a message to the people that genuinely believe these conspiracy theories? Well, it's I, I agree with you. I, I mean, it's uh, what, what we have called, this has been called, you know, pandemic fatigue, so to speak, that everybody is getting really tired and sort of fed up with with the measures and fed up with the virus and just want to do something different and people that sort of are proposing that we can do something different are not saying what we can do and are not sort of predicting what could happen if we relax on all these measures and i think if we do that then we would have a terrible situation here in iceland like we're seeing in many european countries we're seeing uh, many in many countries the hospital system is overloaded. Uh, in some countries, they have to transfer patients from one country to another, and this is something that we don't want to see here in Iceland. So, what what I would my message to people who are really skeptical and getting tired uh, is to say that please stick up with us. You know, uh, just try to see what 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 the alternative is. What will happen if we don't do this? Then we have even a worse situation in Iceland. So we don't have a choice. It's not so easy to to say that, you, you know, I, I, I'm fed up with this and I, I don't want to participate anymore because the alternative then is you have a much worse situation and, and that will overall affect the society even worse than we are affected now. So that's, that is our message and, and just back to people, you know, uh, look at other countries, look look at the situation, which is much worse in many other countries than in Iceland. And we, so we have to stick together. We have to put through with this. And we have to wait until we get, 
get a good vaccine. That's 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 the message really. Now, no. uh, it's been really nice to be working on a project with you guys to bring live Polish um, interpretation of your information meetings this morning, and it's going to be again next on Thursday and Monday, Thursday next week, and also on Monday the sixteenth of November. Um, right. Why have you chosen to do this now, and 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 what do you hope to achieve from it? Well, it's a, I mean the Polish society is a is a big group of people here, and and it, somebody brought to our attention that maybe we were not reaching well enough to 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 this group. Uh, we have been trying to reach out to to all groups in in Iceland, and of course we can do much better. Uh, the situation is now that we are having many. Uh, Polish people coming from Poland, actually, people living in Iceland, visiting their home country, and when they come back, they have been, uh, you know, infected with the virus. And in some planes coming from Poland directly, up to 20% of people uh, aboard uh, the planes have been uh, infected with the virus. Uh, so we're trying to get to, 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 to this uh, group uh, uh, just pay attention uh, to the risk of visiting your home country. Please have, have have a sample taken when you come back. Please stick to our you know instructions of of uh, of uh, taking care of yourself. And uh, if you have if you're in quarantine, please follow the rules of the quarantine. If you're in isolation, please follow the rules of the isolation because we don't want uh, you know much more virus. To, to, to get into the Icelandic society. Uh, so far, we have been very lucky and people have been complying uh, uh, with, with our uh, instructions. Uh, but there might be some indications uh, along with the uh, uh, pandemic fatigue that people might be not doing it. So that's why we're trying to reach out to especially this, this, this group. Mm -hmm. um, just final question, um, looking forward a little bit, do you have any advice or predictions at this stage about uh, Christmas? Because it's not that far away. Well, Christmas is far away as far as I'm concerned. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, I mean, if, if, if we stick to our plan and if we uh, uh, will be able to suppress the, the, uh, the epidemic curve of this virus, then we will ho hopefully have a good and more relaxed Christmas than, than, uh, than uh, otherwise if, if we don't. Uh, you know, uh, stick to these uh, measures that, that we have uh, uh, undertaken now. And potential visits home for the international community in Iceland? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, you nobody knows exactly what 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 the limitations are going to be in other countries. Uh, but if people go abroad, you know, they have to. We have to be very careful when they come back home. Yeah. Thought of a good notion. Thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you very much. Anna Lilia, um, having just spoken to Thorolvur, um, maybe it's best to avoid COVID a little bit. Um, although it does seem like everything, everything <laughs> is everything's connected to COVID in some way. Yes, yes absolutely. Um, but, but what is it that stood out for you over the last week in, in the news here in Iceland? Uh, to tell you the truth, when you asked me to join the show and talk about something not covid I thought, what? What could yeah. that be? <laughs> because, I mean, COVID is our life right now. It's everywhere. It immerses in everything. 
but uh, yes, there were actually a few uh, few things that happened last week that we could maybe not connect to COVID. And for instance, uh, there was a um, house fire in Kopaur. Did you hear about that? I did with the dogs. Yes. Such a tragedy. There were uh, 10 dogs living in the house. 11. And, uh, yeah. They were 11. Okay. She was, the, the owner was out with one of them at the vets uh, when the fire oh, happened. This lucky dog. But yeah. six, six of them were not so lucky. They died in the fire. Yeah, and it's, um, yeah, it was, it, it got a really mixed reaction, that one. A lot of people obviously very sympathetic to the owner and her, her pain. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people more sympathetic towards the dogs and wondering why they'd been left crated at home on their own. Well, I think both the dogs are left are in crates when they are alone at home. But mm. nevertheless, it's, I mean, it's a tragedy. And uh, this interview on our uh, TV news, it was, it was heartbreaking <laughs> for me as a dog owner. Yeah, same. Lots of, lot of people sympathize with, with Erna, yeah. the dog, dog owner. Um, what's the, um, the, 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 the moral stance though, with having 11 dogs living in an apartment? I, I she's a breather, isn't she? Yeah. But there's still a lot of dogs and, 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 you know, maybe a breeder with that many dogs should be on a farm. I don't know. I don't know the rules, but uh, nevertheless, it's, it's tragic. It is. I mean, I'm a dog owner as well, so I, I completely agree with that. Um, so this is something that we cannot we cannot uh, connect with COVID, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, and there was also one thing that uh, caught my interest about people who are not looking forward to Christmas. And ah. that is because of they have been losing their jobs and there are uh, more and more households in Reykjavik and the Reykjavik area that are receiving food donations. Yeah. Now, I remember that this story was even, even one last Christmas because unemployment was rising then. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine it being so much worse now. Yes. And the charities that hand out these food parcels are, are struggling to cope, potentially uh, with demand. It's it's not a nice situation, is it? No, it's not. But uh, there was uh, one uh, one thing related to that. Uh, there, um, I think it was in the news uh, last week about the a very large uh, food donation, forty thousand meals. Did you hear about that? I, di I didn't know. That's a lot. That's a lot of food. <laughs> that's a lot of food for a lot of people. This Kaufelag Skagfirðinga. Uh huh. I think we call it. It's called the Co-op. Yeah, the Co-op. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. For Skagafjörður. In Skagafjörður, that's right. 
I don't know if, if it ex exists in other countries, uh, but they uh, announced last week their uh, intention to donate uh, yeah, those 40,000 meals. But this may be, this, this is, has something to do with COVID, right? So <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. As long as I mean, we can talk about anything. Um, okay. And and like I said at the start of the show, I think everything today is in some way related to COVID, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. it's affecting all of our lives in almost every Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I imagine the the cooperative there are not planning on distributing forty thousand meals just in Skagafjörður. No, it's all around Iceland. Yeah. And they're one of the few such organisations that still exist in the true form, aren't they? Um, it's a bit of a old-fashioned business model now, and and they do yes, have this community responsibility, um, and maybe that's what's showing through here. Yes, it's 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 always good news when a large corporations are showing responsibility responsibility, especially in times times like like those we are living right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else are you getting on 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 the the feeling of Christmas? I know that there's a, there's a campaign going on to get try and get people to put up, for example, to put their Christmas lights up early. Oh, uh, there is. I didn't know that. It's all driven on social media. Yeah. Um, oh. The idea being everyone's a bit depressed, <laughs> so why don't we put the lights up early and and try and cheer people up. And I, I, I do get that impression that there is a bit of uh, a bit of that sort of thing going on. People are thinking, well, let's do what we can to feel as happy as we can. Actually, uh, there are a lot of people uh, I know who have decided to put their uh, you know Christmas tree up earlier <laughs> than usual, mm -hmm. and also. I know people that have started listening to Christmas songs. A lot of people have this rule, I won't listen to any Christmas song at all until like the uh, November the 15th or maybe at the beginning of December. Uh -huh. But <laughs> those are different times now. We need Christmas songs. Actually, I started yesterday. <laughs> Do you not worry that you'll be... Um... That you'll be all Christmased out by the time it finally arrives, and you'll just be ready for January. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> let's see about that. <laughs> because I mean, I guess it's a risk worth taking. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I mean, there is only a a finite amount of um, Christmas spirit to go around, generally speaking, and and it's true that we have to spread it a little bit thinner this year. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. But then maybe people will be even nicer to one, one uh, to one another. That would be great. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything else? There was a story about a shark. I noticed. Yes, there was. Which was interesting. Two hundred and something years old. And showing no signs of age. old, actually. Wow. That's an old shark. But actually, uh, those sharks. Uh, they get pretty old. I mm. think they, yeah, they become like four or five hundred years old. I think. 
just uh, incredible for a fish or for anything but yeah yeah yeah, yeah it is uh, but uh, this particular shark we are talking about uh, which um, uh, there was a research on this shark and uh, it showed that there were you know its brain didn't get old like in people mm. and that is because sharks they uh, they don't move around very much and they are in a uh, cold sea so maybe that's a thought for people <laughs> who want to stay young forever. <laughs> well, they did ask the biologist that, didn't they? And he said, I don't recommend people <laughs> staying in four degrees ocean water for the extended periods of time. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, there goes that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is specifically Greenland sharks. This is the breed of shark, and um, mm -hmm. they also have a, a lower blood pressure than other sharks, which mm -hmm. helps keep their bodies well going, I suppose. But uh, it, this wasn't—it wasn't news that they lived to 500 years old. Uh, but what oh, was news, as you say, is that there was just no real signs of aging in the mm -hmm. brain or the nervous system, yeah, yeah. As, as we would understand it in humans, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, so lucky old sharks, I guess. <laughs> lucky, very old sharks. <laughs> uh, they were quite vague about applications of this knowledge. Obviously, people sitting 100 metres underwater in four degrees darkness is mm -hmm. out of the question. Um, I think so. <laughs> I would not volunteer for that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. <laughs> but I wonder if there are other applications for, you know, um, for potential aging medications or even just skincare cream i don't know um that, that could come from this in the future yes that, that's an interesting thought hope so this those old sharks will come to some use yeah. <laughs> then again what would a shark with alzheimer's look like would we know the difference yeah that's a good <laughs> question <laughs> Okay, we are uh, running out of time. Have you got uh, maybe got time to talk about one more thing? Mm -hmm, sure. Anything that comes That's, to mind? Uh, not uh, COVID related. Uh, yeah, there was a, a new tunnel and uh, ring road that opened in the West Fjords last yes. week. Dýrafjarðargöng. That's right. Um, people there have been waiting for it. It matters a lot to the people who are living in this area. Mm. The question with that, not a question so much, but it's only, it's at this stage, it's really only half a job done though, isn't it? Because Dinyan Vishedi is still part of that ring road. Um, that's right. And it still closes all winter. Yes. And that's a much bigger mountain pass than Hrapsirahedi. Um, I, I don't know. Do you know if they have? Do they have plans for a second tunnel? Or uh, I'm not sure. Probably there are always plans for some tunnels. Well, that's true. Yeah, and especially now with this public investment uh, drive because of COVID, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I imagine there's probably more tunnel investments planned for the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
but it is it's a much it's a much longer stretch of road that uh, for example connecting if we wanted to connect Isafjörður with Patriksfjörður all the way down the south of the Westfjords then it needs more than just this one tunnel doesn't it yeah I think so um, and it's a in the summertime of course it's a beautiful route and going over the mountain is quite quite stunning um, but in the winter we know half the time of course it's impossible and the rest of the time it's pretty scary so um mm -hmm. absolutely so the tunnel is is very welcome news there 5.6 kilometers long i think um, uh, yes i think it's yeah five five points between five and six kilometers yes. which is the same length as qualifier the gunk yeah that's right yeah. Uh, i know a bit about tunnels <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I don't I know do. why. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a nerd. Well, um, I think we've done fairly well there, avoiding COVID for the most part. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just hard, like to, but it we was, managed. Yeah. Um, I'd just like to thank you for your time and, um, yeah, have a thank good rest you. of the day. Thank you, Anna. Yes, thank you. Well, that's it for another show, I'm afraid. Uh, my thanks to my guests today, Anna Lilia Thorisdottir and Thorolvur Grudnason. The Week in Iceland will return to roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook, through the Roof app and your favourite podcast platform next Monday, the 9th of November. We finish today, though, with a new song from Briet. It's called Rólegur Kúreki. Bye for now. Ich bin nicht